Now. Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast. Church Jams Now. Where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I am your co-host, Kylan Savage. With me, as always, is some kind of zombie, TJ Smith. Hey, I'm just pretending that I'm alive. Okay. Like some kind of zombie. That was my whole Exactly. Th- you know, you you, wow, you were there with me. Good. That was good. Uh, yeah, that was I not. Was there. <laughs> <To> John, <laughs> the other voice, of course, is our ever clueless, beautiful producer, Josh Olson. <laughs> hey guys. Hey. Yeah, What's it's hard. Like I said, it's hard doing these part A's after a part B, because we get a little punchy, you know, and Josh isn't as quick on the uptake. It's like he's a little, you know, he's just pretending he's alive. What can I do? What can I do, you know? Or maybe he's more alive than all of us. Probably. So, oh my gosh. I'm so flippin' excited about this episode. Are you guys excited? Kylan, your love is my drug. <sighs> and cocaine. <laughs> and cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, heads up, everybody. If my mom's listening, that's a reference to a specific episode from earlier. <laughs> and one of my favorite all-time Kylan quotes. And a Kesha yeah. song. I don't do cocaine. Regardless of how it may seem at times on this podcast, I've only done cocaine once, and I was in the bathroom of a gay cowboy bar. <laughs> Nuff said. Mom, don't listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I thought we were talking about how your love is my drug. Yeah. Uh, guys, we're talking about love drug. This <sighs> has been a band I've a wanted to talk about coming. for a long time. Uh, we're talking about... Their first record, right? Yes, yeah. we are. It is their first one from 2004, Pretend You're Alive. Hey, mm. those are my facts, man. Back off. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's let's <laughs> kick it over to beautiful producer Josh. Tell us the facts about Pretend You're Alive. Oh, 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 wow. Okay, we're getting into this. All right, mm. let's do it. So Love Drug is originally from Alliance, Ohio, which is southeast of Akron in Cleveland. They're from Ohio? They're from Ohio, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Ohio is for love drugs. Nice. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Well, that's how the is tag that for this? How is that not an official piece of love Someone drug? Someone send that to merch. Michael and be also. Like, hey, how how am I the one that came up with that? I know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> that, the least emo. That is incredible, though. I think of okay, the three of us. If everyone's cool with it. it too. <laughs> I'm gonna make an Ohio is for love drugs CJN shirt. Please. You're welcome. You are That's got to be internet. our thing, right? Like, it, it, neither band, neither Hawthorne Heights nor Love Drug can have it. It's ours. Nope. Though. That's ours. Because <laughs> it's like the perfect, like, it's the perfect part to both of them, so they neither can claim it. Right. Really? Right. Exactly. It's, it's ours. wholly ours. <laughs> These are both kind of yours, but that makes it wholly ours. Wholly ours. <laughs> yep. Yes. Ohio is for Love Drug. That's so Sorry. good. Didn't that, mean to like, derail us there. No, no, that's the perfect kind of derailment. That's what I'm here for. That makes me so happy. Okay, Josh, continue. Well, and I feel like that's perfect, TJ, because, you know, Love Drug isn't a currently active band anymore, so I feel like it's up for the taking because right. they that's were true. active from 2002 to 2018, and okay. I remember them, like, signing off and doing, like, their last, like, record, and then, like, in 2020 and... I think May of 2020, they're like, oh, we made one extra record. Here it is. Like, and like, so like, we're not a band still, but we did make a new record. So here it is. And it's a pretty good record, actually. So I like it a lot. Love Drug is at the time of this record in 2004 is Michael Shepard, who 
the, he's like he's been the guy that's like driving the whole thing. He's like I think yeah. they've had a lot of member changes, but he's like the guy that's been in the whole entire time. He's like the Amy Lee of Love yeah, Drug. Yeah, he's the Jason <laughs> Martin of Love Drug. Okay. Um right. always gotta bring it back to Starflyer. So he's the Sufjan Stevens of Sufjan Stevens? Is that what y'all are saying? <laughs> I yeah. guess, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ohio point, is for love drugs. Ohio is for it love is. drugs. It is. <laughs> Come on, feel the Illinois is for love drugs. I don't know. There's something. There's something there. There's something That's nebulous That's the about the sequel that. to the T-shirt design. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, okay, so a little bit different on this record is that on the CD booklet, uh, which is available at Clyde Records, is uh, it says love drug is Michael Shepard, Adam Ladd, David Owen, and Matthew Putnam. But they didn't necessarily play on the record. Um, guitars on this record were done by Michael Shepard and Matt Bentley. Drums were mm-hmm. recorded by Joas Miller. They were the ones that played on this record, despite the other people being in the band. Which I do want to mention that Matthew mm-hmm. Putman. Do you guys know who that is? Mm-mm. He is the brother of Corey Brandon from Norma Jean. Oh, no oh, way. Wow. And so, yeah, so he played an Esso Karras. Him and Corey were in Esso Karras in the 90s. And then Matthew joined Living Sacrifice for a while in the late 90s and oh. early 2000s. And then after Living Sacrifice died down, I think in like 2003, Matthew apparently joined Love Drug. Wow. So he didn't play on this record, but he was playing for the band around this time and then uh, like leading up to their second record as well yeah so very cool yeah very cool he might be the star of our trivial trivia this episode okay i've already got some ideas but let's talk about the record pretend you're alive was released july 27th 2004 at the time of this recording is 18 years old Ooh, it can vote yeah it can this (laughs) is their debut record they had released two eps prior to this I think this is the first for our show that we are covering a record that was released uh, on the Militia Group. I don't think we've done one uh, from them before, mm, which I know cool. Kylan loves I knew the Militia Group. There is a reason why yeah. I love this record. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we'll cover definitely a lot more of them because like, obviously Copeland's first couple records Copeland, are on the Militia right. Group Rocky as well. Summer. I sent many a demo to the Militia Group. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, this truth about this movie guy stars again. guy. Yep. <laughs> Josh, there is a picture of you in a press kit for the Truth About Movie Stars that was labeled and like addressed to the militia group that is out there in the world somewhere that says Josh Olson. I think I know which picture it is too. The ones we took at uh, an opening opening bell. Yes, I. Oh, great spot for a photo shoot. Oh yeah, that was the night that Kylie almost died. Wait, I, oh my God, yeah. That's, it was. Uh, join us on our Patreon. I'll tell you the story of how I almost died. <laughs> that could be a whole episode. On our press times, photo night. Times Kylan has almost died in the Volkswagen Golf that also relates to music in some way. I have I at least could, two and, big stories. And opening bell. And opening, <laughs> and opening bell. bell yo. I Both wish we could stories. translate like the shock and exasperation on my face <laughs> into audio. You have, to, you have to join our Patreon, man, because Josh and I are just going to record those episodes separately, so you'll have to pay $2 a month to join us at patreon.com slash podcast. I'll see you there, Hoog. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that's funny. Um, okay. Uh, so good. Okay, so back to back, this. Back uh, to this, Love Drug. Back to Love Drug. Uh, this record was produced by Tim Patalan who was in the 90s band Sponge, who I've never heard of before. Hmm. You never heard of Sponge? No, I did not. Sorry. Wow. 
Okay. Sorry. They didn't soak you up. I guess we're still friends. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll listen to them before the next episode, <laughs> I promise. He also <laughs> produced them. some other records that Kylan, I'm sure, has listened to. Uh, the Madness of the Crowd and It's Never Enough by Ace Troubleshooter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He produced those. And then he also produced With Arrows and With Poise by The Myriad. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, The Both Myriad. Kind of, yeah. That was another record that Joe had in his car. It so, was. Oh, yeah. nice. Shout out to yeah. Joe. Shout out to Joe. <laughs> Bringing it back. Listen to Come Now Sip, that episode. Uh, he also mixed Absolutes by Barcelona, which I really like oh, that record. Nice. Yeah, I really so, like that record. Have we talked good. about Barcelona? Have we talked about potentially covering them? I don't them? know. Because I we like should. them a lot. They're like mm-hmm. Diet Copeland. They are, well, which is funny <laughs> because I first saw Barcelona because I saw Barcelona copeland and reliant k on reliant k's 2009 oh, slow down tour nice so they were diet copeland before and opened up for real right. copeland right yeah it was like Crazy like tour. barcelona and deus vale were both like the children Ooh, of copeland 100 yeah. yeah we are 100 percent accurate yeah. we have to cover <laughs> deus vale like the point. son and the daughter of copeland <laughs> yeah exactly. and this is so specific for a very small group <laughs> of people, people, but I'm hoping it's the people that listen to this podcast. Yeah, Me if too. you know Barcelona in Deisville, this podcast is 100% for you. Yeah, this <laughs> is why we do it, because that's mm-hmm. for us, too. Uh, I do want to mention that the art direction was done by Asterix, Asterix Studio, which is Ryan and Don Clark from Demon Hunter and currently Ooh. Invisible Creature. There are no charts and performance to notate on this because it is not a huge record, but it's maybe a cult classic. I don't know. We'll find out. Spotify sets it does have their most popular song on it, which is Blackout. Mm. Which is surprising 1.6. to me. It is surprising. I would expect Spiders or Rock and Roll yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then my last thing is that lyrics are done by Michael Shepard and music is by Michael Shepard, Adam Ladd, and Matt Bentley. Sweet. Nice. Kylan, you brought this record to us. I did? Tell us, tell me. Yeah. It, it this was, was this on one? your wish list. Oh, actually, this no, one was? it wasn't. I think it was the next one. Exactly. I think it was yeah, that Everything one. starts where it ends. He did. Okay. He did mm-hmm, want to talk nice. about that one, but I'm more familiar with this one. And then I think everyone was else. Everyone else was just excited to talk about pretend you're alive. So we're doing this one first. Yep. Hey, so and everything say, starts with this album. That's but then true. It ends with, but everything it ends starts with, with it ends. But it doesn't <laughs> end because then they make it a lot more. So after that. everything starts where it ends is like a, an all-time top 10 record for me. Wow. Pretend You're Alive, I would say we get honorable mention on that list. Okay. Uh, I don't like it as much. My There are a couple songs, though, that super stand out. I remember it being a really long record, and I'm not going to fall into this trap again. It's long, right? <laughs> it's 13 tracks. Too many yeah. tracks. And I think the I think there's at least one seven minute song in here. But Oof. I swear like, you're not gonna care. Like you you're gonna be on board for it. That's I know. My, I that's just my presupposition. Fucking love drug, man. Okay, but I think everything starts where it ends is long too, though. Yeah, it is long. It is long. Mm. My my description of that would be they know how to make an album, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> and write some songs. <laughs> yeah. No, True. for sure. But okay, so they're one of those bands though that like those first two albums are so big for me. Mm. And then I like totally fell off. Like their third really? record. Yeah. Sucker Punch Show, right? Sucker Punch Show is kind of awesome. Oh, I couldn't me. get into that I, one. 
Really? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love. It. I've only listened to it. I think all the way through, like two or three times. Wow. But you know what album I also love? Wild Blood. Yeah, Wild Blood rules. Wild Blood is like fucking rad as hell. So like, it is. I want to give Sucker Punch Show another chance. Yeah. I, I don't think I've listened to it enough. I can't wait uh, for us to cover that one eventually. Cause... And then I remember when Notions came out, mm-hmm. and I gave that a listen. I don't remember loving it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have much context for them okay so like what is it about love drug he's got a really interesting voice yes he does. it's kind of different from everyone else doing this kind of like emo indie rock thing that that was happening at the time mm-hmm. but it's really effective i think yeah it's like high energy cool hand luke with less mm-hmm. piano mm-hmm. you yeah. know like lots of minor chords but like emotive uh, vocals, s- right. distinct vocal quality, definitely very like alty. Like it's not they're neither of those bands are were trying to go for like radio play. You know what right. I mean? They they both embrace like the sad boy, like mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of indie rock vibe. Love Drug does a Nirvana cover at some point, right? And somewhere in their discography, I don't know if it was uh, on a compilation. One of their EPs. Um, what did they, they do? did like those three uh, Love Box. EPs or what? I think it is. Right? Oh shoot. Yes. And for some I'm reason remembering this now. That's something that I always associate with Love Drug. Yeah. They're like they know how to do angst, you know? For like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And especially for like little emo boy like me, like Yeah. When did you get into him, Kylan? Some like I can't remember specifically, sometime in high school. Like it was all around the time like dashboard confessional and taking back sunday and like right after like devil and god by brand new had come out i'm like embracing my sad boy phase and i mean you just hear the vocals on spiders yep and how like as an emo kid as a pseudo goth as like like you hear that song spiders and you hear the way he sings in the spiders in the corners like fuck yeah man it's like it's like the cranberries on acid dude it's like so good like it is like if the cranberries were like first starting out in 2004 right exactly it was like Like, yeah that's crazy it it was like the the step cranberries you know like <laughs> your cranberry is my drug ohio is you love cranberries. Cranberries. this is getting more and more convoluted <laughs> eventually i'm just no. gonna make a graphic that's just a cranberry plus the state of ohio and everyone's gonna be like what the hell is this <laughs> like we don't get it <laughs> yeah no i i got into them around the same time i think like i distinctly remember the cd like the jewel case, like having it at home in my stack of CDs in junior or senior year, like 06, 07. Mm-hmm. I don't think I thought of Love Drug as like an emo rock band. Like I thought of them as like right this just weird like Christian yeah, but they were garage like, rock. What was interesting is like, yeah, they... Like I had a limited perspective on, on emo. Like I didn't have the full education, you know, so like... I had less context to be right. like, oh, they but, fit but in But e- even with the context, I feel like Love Drug is always kind of, they've always just kind of had their own sound. 
done their own you thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a, a big part of that comes down to Michael Shepard's voice. Mm-hmm. Like, there's Absolutely. not a lot of bands that sound like them that are doing musically Wait, what they're doing. The what? band is Love Drug? I always thought it was Love Drug. Loved rug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a rug right. that you've used so much that it's just well loved. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. loved rug. Yep. The loved right. rug. Yeah. Okay, Josh good. with the bits. Twenty twenty. I should have said that. I should have started the episode with that. It would have worked a lot. <laughs> I Josh know. New bits but the fact after that I did you all my brought research. brought it like 20 minutes <laughs> you waited. in. And waited until TJ and I were in the middle of like a deep conversation about connecting with this music. And then you brought it up like you had an actual point. Like that was a a real Kylan move. You're just like, well, wait, wait, I thought, I thought, and made us stop. Like you derailed our conversation for that joke. Are you proud of yourself? Cause I'm proud of you. Uh, (laughs) I'm thank you. Yeah. Completely agree. (laughs) Uh, I can't have wait to any talk of y'all about seen seen Love Drug live. Loved Rug. Oh, I've no, never I've seen never him live. Have. I feel like this is a Kylan moment for me. Of like, I probably you've have, probably seen no him one's, live. No one's here to tell me that I that I have. Even though I of think I everyone, haven't. okay. If you gave me a list of like the twenty people that are like closest to me, and <laughs> ask them to pick anyone out anyone I know. Out of who, anyone I who know. on this list <laughs> with like headshots has seen Love Drug Live? <laughs> headshots. Ten times out of ten, I would pick TJ Smith. As would I. I'm like, he had to have <laughs> that at guy. some point. I don't know what that says about you about or about our relationship, but I think it speaks highly of it. <laughs> yeah, I take it as a compliment. <laughs> okay, good. I take it as a deep compliment. Good. Let's say let's all just collectively agree that even though we have no basis for this, I've seen Love Drug. You've seen Love Drug, yeah. I've yeah. seen Loved Rug. Love Drug. I don't know if I've seen Loved Love Drug. Statistically, I've definitely it had seen to have Loved happened. Rug. Right. So yep. So sure. this is one of those weird moments that's like going to become an ongoing bit on the show. That in like fifty episodes, I'm going to be like, TJ, remember that time you saw Loved Rug <laughs> live? <laughs> I'm really like, yeah, or it's going to transform into something i'm gonna make a t-shirt that says like tj saw loved rug live and all i got was it'll be like he like opened for them and it's like he's like doing like the nervous like front man like and we're so happy to be opening for loved rug um (laughs) um, and that's how it like so whenever we spin this off into an like an fx limited limited series series. yep totally yeah that's gonna be a main plot point (laughs) okay No more bits, guys. New year, no, more bits. no bits. Stop um, the bits. How else do we feel about Love Drug? 10 out of 10. I'm so excited to dive into I this talk record. About how I got into Love Drug. Can I talk a little bit? No, I mean, I guess. Oh, okay, fine. Josh, please tell us. I mean, I'm just, please. I'm a little soured after you, like. <laughs> I thought you were proud of me. After he just loved stopped us cold. The rug. I thought you were proud of me. <laughs> to pull the loved rug out from under it's us. It's both, man. He's holding both. <laughs> It's uh, good. It's so good. See, it sets up for all this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. That's one I'm way here to look at it. All That's right. Great. Thanks. I just want to talk about, I got into Love Drug a little bit later. I knew about them from you, but I don't think we'd ever like listened to them or whatever. But then I like yeah. found their CD at Half Price Books for like a dollar, and I bought it. And then I was like, I love this. This is great. Right. And I think that was really all I listened to them for a long time. And then in 2018, I somehow randomly like 
got into like a late love drug phase where like I got wow. into like notions and like wild oh, wow. blood and like and then all they were doing kind of like their remix records around that time too mm-hmm. which is funny because like I've listened to the like the redone remix version of everything starts where it ends but I don't know mm. if I've really ever listened to the actual regular Original. album so interesting oh, interesting yeah so that'll be fun but yeah I'm super excited yeah. to talk about this record yeah, Josh, it's I feel like you'll one. have a really unique perspective because of your experience with the band, like having that giant gap and then even like understanding them from more of like a retrospective vantage point. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what you think of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just honestly mostly excited that we're doing this part A so far in advance of the part B, like more so than we <laughs> usually do because now I get like, I get more time to more just, time because that's the whole thing about this podcast is like there are certain bands that I just really love that I have I have personally just like not listened to because I'm like, well, we're going to do it on the podcast. And the whole part of part A is like remembering whether it's like good or not. So I'm not going to listen. My prediction is Stone Cold Bob. No, I'm right with you there. Kind of. I like. I first listened to this record like in October and like I feel like Love Drug overall has a lot of like spooky vibes in their songs mm-hmm, like even it. on like the later stuff there is so like they have a song called I Spiders lo- they do yes it's spooky as hell and on this record there's a song called The Monster um yeah. so like I love listening to this record in like October like like Halloween time but I specifically yes. did not listen to it last year because it was on the schedule for us to talk about early in 2023 the discipline. so I oh withheld listening to it in my favorite time of year to listen to love drugs so that i can go in and be like you know what it's been a long time since i listened to this record they also have a a song called candy they're like the most halloween band (laughs) (laughs) and in red yeah pretty good Mm, dude Mm -hmm. pretend you're alive we already talked about that the whole like zombie thing yeah okay but actually honestly i don't know if it's fully gonna be a bop i feel like i'm gonna love about half of it whoa this was a wish list album for you, dude. Oh, it was? No, it wasn't. No, no it was, it was, was the other one. Everything, Everything starts where it ends, ends is my yeah. wish All list. I know is on the spreadsheet is Love Drug from Kylan. Yeah, Love Drug. So yeah, like, but they have multiple albums. Everything starts where it ends. A plus, no notes. This one. Is there a well-loved rug like, in Ohio? I think it's going to be like two songs too long. You know what I mean? Okay. I definitely think like the first half of this record is solid. And then after that, I think it does drop off a little bit if I remember. Yeah, that, that's my thing is like, I, I, I still think it's going to bop, but I think for me where I'm at right now, I think it's going to be just a little too long. Well, pretend you're live by the cranberries is going to be a stone cold bop for <laughs> sure. For me personally. Perfect. Yeah. So the step, I don't know what else we have to say. All know. right, Josh, what about you? <laughs> What's your prediction? Oh, I want to bop it for sure. Okay. Easy. Easy so bop. So we have two easy full-on bops and then a uh, perspective bop. Yeah, yeah. Perspective cool. bop squeak. From the guy that said he loves this band. I do love this band, but hey, <laughs> it's okay to love something and still be critical of it. You, you know what I mean? Man. You're saving your full unabashed bop for Everything Starts Where It Ends. Respect. Maybe, unless that album sucks too. I don't know. <laughs> I love that you're just holding everything so open-handedly. Like, I really, I legitimately respect that. It's okay, like, for your perspective to change and to grow and Is evolve it? as you Can as a person grow and evolve. 
Can yes, we be that's like my whole, that's my whole thing on this podcast? Everything is rules? made up. Like we're you know, I think it's gonna be a Bob. I think it's gonna be a little too long. I think I I'll probably find like three songs that I would cut from the True. record. But should still but make still... it a ten track record, which is a great length. Which is already too long. Okay, maybe I'll cut like five songs. Oh no, I don't gosh, know. She can't cut five. I'm saying it now. I'm going to love all the songs, and it's going to be the perfect length. Okay. Wow. I love committing it, hard. Good. I'm committing right. hard. Good. I, want I don't to usually do that. You never. I know. You never commit hard. I don't know why. You'll you see like his five song cut, and you'll raise him a full record. Exactly. It's because 10 out of 10 times, I went to a loved rug show, even though we have no proof <laughs> of that. True. All right, guys. Like we're going to take down. a break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into Loved Rugs' first album, 2004's Pretend You're Alive. Some kind of zombie. We'll see you in a little bit. Welcome back to another episode of Trivial Trivia. This is a segment where I share obscure and trivial information related to the album or artist we're discussing each episode. I teased it earlier in the episode, but today we're going to be talking about Matthew Putman, who was in Love Drug at the time Pretend You're Alive released. Matthew has a storied history within the scene. He started his career in the band Esoteris with his brother, Corey Brandon. He then played in Living Sacrifice, Love Drug, Unwed Sailor, and he contributes heavily to Norma Jean, naturally. But what I want to talk about today is the name of Matthew's studio and his handle on social media, which is Electric Nebraska. If you don't get the reference, please allow me the opportunity to nerd out on some music history with you. Bruce Springsteen's 1982 record, Nebraska, is comprised of demos Bruce recorded himself. When he had all the demos done, he took the E Street Band into the studio to start recording the song's full band. The full band versions reportedly didn't have the same magic, tone, and vibe of Bruce's original demos, so they opted to just release those versions as the official album. It's long been rumored and speculated about these sessions and how there is an Electric Nebraska album somewhere in Bruce's vault. E Street Band drummer Max Weinberg confirmed recently, as of June 2020, that there is an Electric Nebraska version. Will we ever get to hear it? We can only hope. But that does it for this episode of Trivial Trivia. Let's get back to church jams now. Hey guys. Hey Josh. I've got some great news. Yeah. And for you guys as well, and the listener, but we have an. <laughs> it's harder than we you have think, man. Sp- <laughs> it is harder. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to start over. Hey, hey, guys. I have exciting news. Did you know we have a sponsor? I did. I, I did, yeah. Oh. Oh, you did? Did our listeners know? Oh. Were you oh. trying to surprise us with that oh. information, Josh? I was trying to surprise oh, yeah. you guys. Yeah, oh. yeah. Surprise. <laughs> Whoa, we have crazy. A I know. It is kind of crazy. It's very cool. Uh, we have a very cool sponsor in Collide Records, which is, if you aren't aware, is an independent record store based out of Wisconsin, but they will ship you anything you want, anywhere you are in the world. It's pretty rad. They've got lots of great stuff. We're big fans. Super excited to be working Mm -hmm. with them. That's true. Josh, you know what I just found on Collide's site? I found that they have a vinyl copy of Quietly Blowing It by His Golden Messenger, which came out in 2021. And that album is a stone cold bop. We don't even need to do an episode on it. Yeah, it rules. Okay, It was getting a lot of rotation in 2021 and last year and this year like i've i've continued to listen to this album i really love it because y'all know me like i'm i'm kind of the like the shameless folkster here i like that kind of indie americana stuff southern soul alt country all those fun yeah, little dude. subgenres. 
and he's right there smack dab in the middle of all that the guy's name is mc taylor but the stage name is his golden messenger i i am shamelessly gonna read the summary because i think it really it really encapsulates this album and i think it's gonna cool. whet the appetites of our listeners okay. and they're gonna want to buy right. this final it says quietly blowing it is an intimate and introspective offering that finds mc taylor ruminating on themes of growing up alienation obligation hope purpose, family, class, self-discovery, healing, and rebuilding, fashioned with impressionistic tones. He says the record feels like the most personal album that I've made because I'm not trying to explain anything to anyone except myself, which I thought was a really beautiful sentiment. Taylor reckons with these turbulent times in deeply personal terms and seeks to inspire listeners to do the same. And, you know, he was like probably working on this throughout a little bit of the pandemic and and working on promoting it during that time. So I can see how uh, a lot of those themes were coming up in a really turbulent time. Musically, the new songs are steeped in gospel, Southern soul, indie folk, and alt country with tinges of blues, rock, and jazz running throughout. Highlights include, y'all are going to enjoy this, the minimalist R&B of It Will If We Let It, the rolling country groove of The Great Mystifier, and the heartfelt smoky lament of Painting Houses, which was co-written by Gregory Allen Isakoff. Wow. Quietly blowing You're speaking it. speaking my language. I, I, I knew I would. See, this is why I wanted to read the thing, because it's so good. Quietly blowing it features special guests that include Griffin and Taylor Goldsmith of the band Dawes, which y'all know I'm obsessed with, <laughs> Zach Williams of The Lone Bellow, and Nashville nice. guitar great buddy, Buddy Miller, and producer, musician Josh Kaufman of Bonnie Light Horseman, also involved was Anais Mitchell, who is also in Bonnie Light Horseman. So there's like wow. some stacked... Features. This is like the perfect TJ album. Yeah, for me. Yeah. And uh, the art is really cool. It's got him like standing in a cornfield with the moon, like right behind his head. The folk vibes are strong with this one. And I'm really excited about it. That's sweet. So if our listeners want to get that record, which I'm... They should. Honestly, I know you like just read the description <laughs> on the website, but you did it in a very like convincing way. It makes me want to go buy this record. Get it. So if people want to buy this record or lots of other records just go to colliderecords.com and when you check out use the promo code church jams now all one word and get 20 percent off your first purchase 20 percent off wow that's it's great such deal. a good deal amazing i like i can't believe it so yeah <laughs> colliderecords.com promo code church jams now for 20 percent off your first purchase do it welcome back to church jams now if I sound frustrated, it's because we've, uh, <laughs> I've had some technical difficulties. <laughs> but, you know, we spent the last week listening to Pretend You're Alive by Love Drug. I don't know if we just want to get Did right to it. Ever. <laughs> yeah, Kylan, I think you just need some love drugs to cheer you up, buddy. I do. I need some loved rugs. Man, let me tell you, we did our Jars of Clay episode, and TJ and I talked about how we were waiting to listen to this until after we did the Jars of Clay one, and then like yep. the next day, I just listened to Pretend You're Alive over and over, and I did my notes, and like that next day, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I was ready for this. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I told you, I don't understand why you deprived yourselves, because... <laughs> I think it was better, because then I like... After yeah, George Clay was out of the way, then I could. But just be you like, had all, all this other time in between to also listen to Love Drug. It's true, but I will say I've basically for the last week almost exclusively listened to Love Drug. Yeah. So. Well, you get off on withholding, so I do. Give <laughs> <laughs> me. I'm withholding it. it. All right, guys, we got any other general notes, or should we just flip and get right to what the people pay for? Let's pretend we're alive, man. All right, here yeah. we go. Track number one. 
I thought I was going to talk about my thing. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot. We, okay. We've no, talked about so many things <laughs> in between. I did have something that I feel like uh, we could have talked about in part A, but I just want to bring up a, a little bit is kind of love drug as in, in included in our podcast kind of as like, because they're not really a Christian band. They somehow got like lumped into like being a Christian adjacent band. And we talked about like in our show of like how we include it because like even albums that weren't necessarily Christian, but like kind of got lumped in and into that category, like are mm-hmm. fitting right. for what we want to cover on the podcast. But like, I want to talk about that, I guess to introduce them because like a, a lot of people probably are like, Love drug? What? And I don't think they were sold in like Christian bookstores or anything like that, but they still somehow got like lumped into all that. Do y'all know how that happened? I don't. Were they ever on like, well, no, the the militia group wasn't a Christian label, but all of their bands like basically were right. almost, right? Yeah. Like almost Rocket like Summer. Copeland and Rocket Summer. Like Rocket Summer, uh, Slick Shoes. Was it's almost like they group. were the label to house all of that adjacent. Yeah, adjacent acceptance music. was on Militia Group. I oh, see them okay. as a Christian band too. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, they. Yeah, they. I would say they're pretty much in that same category. I guess of Love Drift, like basically a Christian, but not really. But I right. view acceptance as a little bit more than Love Drug. But interesting. So yeah. it's just maybe the okay, Militia Group Okay, why do we connection? think they're a Christian band? Why? Why are we covering them? <laughs> well. <laughs> For me, whenever we're getting into this, I feel like this was like the first record that kind of opens up that box, that door of like we can cover other stuff that's not necessarily Christian. But I feel like Evanescence kind of already was that maybe. Right. But totally. this this to me feels more like getting into like if we want to cover like Thrice or if we want to cover like even like we talked about like a brand new record or something like that, like or right. Manchester. So this, like is that like kind the, of, this is like the the gateway love drug. Love drug. yes potentially i I did find it's not just us obviously that has because they have there's a love drug bio on christianmusic.com that has not been updated since the everything starts where it ends time (laughs) album uh era and then uh they mentioned it in an indie vision music interview from 2011 they talked okay about like Hmm. them playing both christian and general market circuits and the question was like, how do you handle that balance between faith and popular music? And their guitarist was like, honestly, we aren't a faith-based band at all. <laughs> Some people have been confused about our stance on that in the past. We were just four best friends in a rock band, and we have all very different beliefs. So, well, and I'm I'm excited to like consider that as we as we jump into this album because I think I think a lot of that is going to be made more clear. Like we're going to understand why they got lumped in the way they did and understood right. the way that they were. Yeah, so that's all I had. I just thought it was an interesting thing of like we're covering on this them on the show, but like they're not like they weren't sold in family Christian book or like even like I grew up listening to exclusively Christian music and I like I kind of like heard about them, but I didn't like know about them that much kind of thing. Right. So well, maybe because like their sound was so similar to other bands that were very specifically like like they always felt like a tooth and nail band. You know what I mean? Yeah, they could totally. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I feel like something must have happened in my life that then just made me assume they were like one of those bands. But and like, you're not the only a, one, it seems like. Yeah, this yeah. is like a Berenstain Bears thing because, like, I think we all kind of just thought that or like right. lumped them in. So I don't know, man. It's the Mandela Well, it says effect. too, they toured heavily. On, I'm just on Wikipedia from 2004 to 2007. 
including support dates for a lot of bands, Robert Plant, The Killers, Coating Cambria, but Switchfoot is on there. So maybe at some point, maybe they opened for Switchfoot, and so then everyone was like, oh, okay, well, they're a Christian band. All the Christian kids at the show bought Love Drug stuff, and like, oh, cool. Christian, yeah. Christian band now. Yeah. I could yep. see that happening. Totally. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Well, hey, you know what? I'm here for it because we listened to this album and we're going to talk about it. And I'm so (laughs) excited. Here we go. Let's start with track number one in red. This is such a creepy intro track, you guys. It just sidles in. It like creeps in. He's a real sidler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my first note was, well, someone's got the pirate blues. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. I wanted to ask y'all, like this song, the way that it kind of washed over me the first uh, listen. There it is, I was washing. Like, yeah, washed I was like, like I love this song. Beach. Like, why is it such a good intro track? And it made me want to ask you guys, like, what makes a good intro track? For an album. That's so funny because my notes were the opposite of like I love this song. I don't think it's a good album opener. Okay, so so that to my point, I think it's a great album opener. I'm with but you, but I DJ. don't think every album should open this way, right? And so I don't know why for me this works. Um, I th- I I just purely personal preference. I prefer a more energetic album opener, like robust. You want it to be like. Get me hooked. Intense, yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. But I have a theory about why this was the album opener, but I'm not going to get into that until track four. So okay. I'm teasing mm. some stuff now. All right. Oh. Got you. Yeah, I just, it didn't feel like a, sonically, it didn't feel like a great album opener for me. But oh. I get it. I get Do you it. have because- another like, I mean, are you going to talk about this later of like what you would put as album as like, oh, track for one? sure. For okay. sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll I, tell you when we get there. <laughs> I love this as track one. I okay, love cool. the big, like minute long build. Cause like stuff keeps coming in and like getting interesting, like adding more layers. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's atmospheric. I, I can't imagine this album with this, not as track one. Interesting. Right? Okay. Yeah. I feel similarly, Josh, like there are definitely tracks on this album that I think could work as great openers, but there's something sort of iconoclastic about the sequencing of this album. Like for me, it feels so correct, but that's not to say an alternate track list couldn't bop, you know, Right. like, but I just love the sequencing. Yeah. I come to the conclusion later in the record of why this should be the album opener. But for me, it's lyrically. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Lyrically, this was really interesting to me. Totally. He does a good job of like, feeling cinematic of like telling stories but the verbiage around everything is like still really vague but you get a real sense of like a story being told for sure oh also sweet sweet bass man i mean i was gonna i thought that was gonna be your first note like (laughs) the album starts with creepy sounds and then sweet sweet bass there is a certain point in my notes where i just i stopped typing out sweet sweet bass and just put ssb (laughs) and then a certain point i just said it's not worth it to continually bring up because this whole (laughs) album the bass fucking rocks (laughs) 
It's true. The beginning of this song feels very like U2 with a little bit of like Depeche Mode. Yes. It's, that, it's yeah. like minor key Perfect, yeah. U2. Yeah, yep. this is like if Where the Streets Had No Name was minor key. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like if you, yeah, if you mix the tonality of Depeche Mode, no. like just put everything in minor key, yep. like everything that like U2 did in minor key. Yeah. It's also, do we know what that vocal effect is on the, all the blood that we spilled on the beach we're dressed in red? It's like very, it's like, I can't tell if it's doubled or if it's just like a, a really tight delay kind of thing. Or... It might be both kind of distorted yeah there's definitely some like saturation going on i love it Mm -hmm. like i'm just in love with that vocal sound and i i just love how much space the mix has like there's no wall of sound you know what i mean like everything feels like it's stepped back a little bit like everything kind of has sitting well yeah yeah full but not like wall of sound Mm -hmm. also when it drops down to the like guitar chugs that moment to me felt Ooh. so like it was weird. It feels both crazy played out, but also like super bold and interesting. I don't know how it hit me both ways. Yeah. But it was like, this feels very rote, but also I love it and it's great. I was very conflicted, but in an f- interesting way. Yeah. It is like a pretty simple, like, oh, you would of course do that, but what to bring it down before the big like hits exactly. when you bring it back. But I don't know. I'm a sucker but for it. But it works. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't mad about it. I always thought the lyrics were all the beasts were dressed in red, but well, it's on a beach I mean, th- were dressed in red. So, but but there are monsters either one on this would record. work for this band. Yeah, it totally, totally would. That's why I was like, oh, okay. I was surprised. I thought beasts were, which doesn't make sense, yeah. but uh, it's whatever. I love misheard lyrics. Like that's one of my favorite things. And then, oh, <laughs> I, I will say, like I'm spilling my hand a little bit, but like every song on this record, I really don't know what any song is particularly about. But like mm-hmm. lyrically, but I st- it doesn't matter. I like I still enjoy all of them, and like there's enough. Like I like what he's saying and how he's right. saying well, it, and like okay. the words he uses. But I'm like yeah, I don't know what yep. this song is about, but I still like what he's writing and singing. Well, I might have a theory. I have a, I Ooh. might have a little bit of a theory. Like I said, I'll get to it later. We got a lot more tracks before I'll we wait. get there, but I I'll think wait. it's gonna affect. How you listen to this album. I was going to say lyrically as well. I just really enjoyed the fact that he chose this phrase, uh, I am. He's kind of playing with this idea of I am and then like out of love. It's like, is he out of love? He's doing something out of love, right? Like as an outpouring of love for the thing or for his desire to do the thing. But then it kind of like it's turned on its head later or you could read it as turned on its head the entire time right. as like, I'm out of love. I don't have any more love. I'm tapped out. I feel like he does it a lot throughout this album. Like a lot of phrases and things that have layered meanings or like multiple reads. Um, and to your point, Josh, about the kind of surreal nature, it's effective even though you don't, you can't nail it down mm-hmm. as a listener. You're like, I don't know what you're saying, but it still resonates kind of like on a different level in a way that's really interesting. Yeah, and it doesn't like take you out of it. Like it right. just right. It creates more layers and you're like, I don't know what this could be, but it could be this, could be this, maybe that, I don't know. Yeah. That's my big note on the next song. <laughs> <laughs> Which so is, let's move on to track two, <laughs> Blackout. Blackout. 
Yeah, my big note is like he he writes these story songs. Yeah. But they're so vaguely cinematic. Like it yeah. feels almost like David Lynch of like everything's kind yes. of in a dream. It doesn't yes. necessarily matter what he's talking about because you're you're for, you know, whatever, 5 minutes you're pulled into this like fantasy of yep. of what's happening. Totally. And you can you can draw your own conclusions, I think, based I did. on those lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I did. Clearly, we're going to get there. I promise we're going to get there. <laughs> but I like to your point, it's like I like that there's an openness to the lyrics, kind of like you were talking about the mix was really spacious in the last track. I think all across this album there's so much space for lyrical interpretation that helps you connect with it actually. Um, for sure. Where we've we've talked about other bands that write in a really kind of dreamy surreal way and it's actually like a an achilles heel or like a weakness because it's distracting and like strange in a bad way but this is like the complete opposite also that riff is like so emo rock like it is so 2004 i love it but the bass moves in a way that's almost like circular and like roundy like they like take turns that's an ssb right there Yep, there's that SSB. That SSB. I thought this should have been the album opener. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this is this their most popular song, so I feel like it would make it would work as an album opener. Yeah, that first guitar bend like literally gives me chills every time. I'm gonna go back mm. to. Uh, the... Yeah. That feels like a Kylo riff. Oh, that's so uh-huh. good. And then yeah, that bass is just so good. Yeah, this could work as an album opener. I, I think it that. should have been the album opener. Totally. But in my interpretation of what the album is, it doesn't mm. make sense. Um, I find it really interesting lyrically that this whole first verse is he says, lights out, punching your, lights out, punching your. Like he he switched those lines. Like if you the way you listen to it, right? the emphasis hmm. is Flipped. like, and I don't know what to make of that, except that it like... It it kind of like it feels like you're trying to catch up, but it hooks my brain in a really interesting way. Yeah, I also got a feeling of like who is it about, whose perspective is it from, and like always moving. It's like mm-hmm. very well, it changes sort of like perspective. Right, in, like yeah. between the first course and the second course, I feel like mm-hmm. right, right. They really keep it moving, like uh, lyrically, like the story you're talking about telling that that's being told, Kylan. It's like multiple perspectives are being shared. It's right. not just from one person. Also, again, that phrase "I am" mm-hmm. to to what you mentioned, Josh, earlier about Love Drug being understood as like an, a Christian adjacent or like pseudo Christian band. I think he uses a lot of imagery that's like biblical yes or christian light or christian um and Mm. i think that's a big part of why people read this band as a christian band and regardless of whether you think that's what he's doing or not i think it's super effective like this i am on the prowl yeah i am hailing a cab has a weird layer of like i am that i am you know because he keeps repeating it and i i know like that's not remotely what the song's about but i think there's a layer to it that you could read. It makes you, it, yeah. He just says stuff like on like later songs where I'm like, I don't think this is like you're talking about this, but I like the, you said that, and that makes me think like I know you were at least mm. exposed to like the Christian, like to get these words and like these like right. phrases. Like we are we're exposed to the same thing, like right. so that yeah. draws you in and that connects it. Even though you're like, I don't think that song is about this. 
or about a thing like related to Christianity or something like that. But yeah. there's a connection there. Well, well, to tie that kind of back into what you were saying at the beginning, Josh, of how this was like the gateway love drug, even <laughs> like beyond lyrically, like musically, I feel like this song could go on uh, I'm Like a Virgin Losing a Child by Manchester Orchestra. Because he goes from this like real kind of minor open thing into the just these like power chords uh, yeah. uh, and like a kind of like really typical like rock chorus that I just absolutely love speaking of that rock chorus man it's as it transitions into like the second half of the chorus there's like that guitar part that's like boo doo doo like that mm-hmm. i just love it so much it just comes in it's yeah oh it looks great it's so good also so this good. is his first of many angel references in the lyrics yeah he does have those yeah he loves angels those. are like angel kind of injuries. part of the whole thing <laughs> which ties into the whole like a christian i don't know yeah kind of exactly thing. It's like drawing from that world this one you talked about this like basically pretty early on in part a of like that michael has like such a strange voice for like on this one like yes i don't know if you're not in on his voice like you're probably yeah. not gonna like this song but it's true it gets he leads weird at times that, he does like, yeah very unique characteristic of his voice even like vocally it reminds me of andy hall i was gonna know when you said that i was like he does that the same kind of thing that andy does too yeah exactly yes same tenor same affect Uh like it's and it works i I love it yeah i know that's a great comparison one of my favorite vocal moments is on this song actually the like the background vocals, the he's standing cold in the rain. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but whatever his, like the combination of his performance and the effects that are on it that give it kind of this haunting, echoey feel, it gives me like shivers. Man, yeah, it's so dude. good. It's so good. The song is so good. It's so good. I love that they have like the main riff is doubled on electric and acoustic mm-hmm. instead of like just having yeah. the acoustic just kind of like do strummy chords and you're do- like I love having the same thing played on like two different kind of guitars like the yeah dynamic that creates is super cool. It's wild that this is their first record, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it it wasn't until this listen through that I found so many parallels to Manchester's first record of like, like, you know, these guys have got to be pretty young, but to have such a defined vision of like what you want your band to be by this point is, is rare. It's incredibly rare. And that's like part of why I really love this record. Uh, sorry <laughs> we'll see am i gonna flop her mouth <laughs> i'm gonna bleep that out yeah uh what what did i predict on my on my part a i think you said a bop but there was like maybe bop, but like you said a bop but then you're like maybe might have been like too long to cut or yeah some yeah okay whatever, i still kind of so. feel that way no i think we, can you just put 30 seconds of beeps over all of this <laughs> so no one knows yeah so i can't actually why. cut it out but we'll just bleep it so that you stay ambiguous yeah. people won't know till the end <laughs> i don't know like the lyrics you can interpret them in a very dark way like mm-hmm. but then i'm like but maybe that but at the same time like i don't know if the song is about like that like I don't know. I don't know. So I'm like, you could interpret it a little dark. You could interpret it as like metaphorical or just like dealing with like demons right. kind of stuff. I have no idea. Okay. But. I'm just going to tease this because I just oh, want to get there. Man. I want to get me. there. 
I think tracks one through nine on this record are a concept album. Okay. Everything after that, I think, was just thrown on to fill out the album. Not to say they're not good songs, but I think there's a concept record here. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And we will get to it, but we're not there yet. Also, it might have been a little bit of just wishful thinking. I mean, it's all pure speculation. That's what we do. That's what we're here for. Create fake narratives for these albums. (laughs) Oh, I created our Hawkboy episode. I created one. Want to hear that? Ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm. I've pulled up to the speculation station, my man. It's only going to make me enjoy this album even more. So that's 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 what I'm trying. That's that's what I'm going to try to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to shine a little light. Spoilers. Uh, I or maybe I won't like. Maybe I'll finally (laughs) like this record. Dang it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. TJ, what? Give it a chance. While you were gone, we already. I was just like, yeah. I mean, this record is fucking rad. I can't. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to track number three, "Spiders." So I know Josh has brought this up a couple times, like with Ass Cities Burn and stuff of like feeling basic, but like, this is my favorite <laughs> song on the record. I was going to guess that I, I did. I was curious if I could well, guess because I both tweeted about it this songs. week and then yes, you... you did. And then I shared it from the church jams. Now TJ, I was going to ask, is your favorite song on side A or side B? Uh, it's <sighs> if you know. You know I love picking things I know. and ranking things. Uh, I would say probably side A. Okay. But and I think I have hey, a guess for my, yours. My song okay. that's in very close contention to be number one, the thing that I had to to wrestle with, uh, my second favorite song is on side B. Nice. Okay. Okay. Kylan, okay, this is your favorite song. I didn't mean to cut you off. Tell me why it's your favorite song. Uh, it's literally that moment at one minute into the song. Where it goes from acoustic to full band. If God was on the radio. The if God was on the radio part. Here, yeah. Yeah. It's the best. It just, no matter how you're feeling, if you're sad, if you're happy, if you're walking to get a bag at across the street, if that <laughs> <laughs> comes in. Sounds oddly specific. If, if God was on the radio, when the full band comes in not on the one or it comes in on the one but the if god pickup note comes yep. in, it just hits so hard it's pretty perfect yeah it's just perfection is what i wrote in my notes nice uh and i said god that sweet sweet bass oh it's yes so good. i was gonna say also the those initial uh verse lyrics like there's so much going on like and this was what made me think like he's like surrealist, but he's so e- efficient with his writing. Like he doesn't, he's not like overly flowery or long winded, you know, like he, he, he gets in and he gets out. He gets his imagery out there. You don't see that very often because like 
the first half of the song, the lyrics are like really complicated. And then the last half of the song, they just groove, dude. And the lyrics are literally yeah. just come on, come on and say so. Why yeah. don't you? Why don't you? I and wrote then it's for just as complicated like as the verses are, the chorus is so simple. But you don't care. Like and that's it does, it's, it for the it's rest great. Of the song. It's perfect. It's and maybe that's so why you good. like the choruses because you're like the verses are complicated, but the ver- the choruses just kind of let loose and they're well. Yes. That's simple. the thing is I don't even see it as verse chorus. I see it as like if you split the song in half. Hmm. Because right. he doesn't go back to a verse the way that he does in the beginning. You're right. You're right. Yes. Yeah, it's true. like it's, it's like part A is really complicated and part B is just like hey we're jamming so the lyrics are almost or like the vocal part is almost just like another instrument so good yeah so it's true good. i also love the the layers of lyrics like you got the spiders and then like the web thing like wires and signals and frequencies but also spider webs radio being like via signals via webs that trickles into like internet imagery almost and then there's like deific addresses like talking about god stars yeah. and planets and unreliable narrators did y'all catch that mm-hmm. spiders in the corners that are never there yeah dude are they there are they not there we don't know we don't know what to believe man the song's got us wondering but they're hanging on the edge scratching our heads man. come on come oh, on man. and say so come on man. okay so the first time I think I remember like really like hearing this song for the first time. I was like, it has everything you would like have expected a popular song from this era to have. So I was like, why isn't this like bigger? Why isn't this a song that I have a little bit of a theory? I think it was a little bit late because if you listen to that drum pattern too, it's like super nineties. I think if this song came out, five years earlier this would be on the same level of like sugar ray or like mambo number five this would be like a song that's just like on the radio all the time yeah it's got on the radio Uh, too yeah (laughs) but it's just like it was just like a little too late and it's in this weird like transition period between like what's like radio rock and what's like underground kind of emo rock and before like that blew up so yeah i think if it was either like five years earlier or five years later this would be one of those songs we talk about the same way we talk about either one week by bare naked ladies or i write sins (laughs) not tragedies by panic at the disco but it's in this weird like transition period you know what i mean it also it reminds me of like the fray like a lot of stuff on this album. Yeah, like, yeah. They're like the dark, like there's Link and there's Shadow Link or Dark Link. I think the phrase Link and I think Love Drug is like Dark Link. I love that. Or and I like Dark Wario Link to the, the phrase <laughs> Wario. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I'm here Love for it. Love Drug is the phrase Wario. <laughs> or Waluigi, depending <laughs> which one you think is more fitting. I, yeah, I feel like they're more like a Waluigi vibe. Yeah, I would yeah. say that. True. A little the more crafty and yeah. Uh-huh. A little more agile than a Wario. <laughs> As if we haven't already alienated everyone in our audience. Most people will get it. Let's people compare Love Drug and the fray in terms of like <laughs> Okay, but to pull it back, I love the combination at the very end of the song of that like Tom centric beat. It's mm. like not a fill, it's not a groove, it's like somewhere in the middle with those just like 
delicate harmonies like soaring above. It's such a great outro because you don't see it coming. You think it's going to like stay full and then just end, but it like tapers off a little bit, but in a very thoughtful way and a catchy way. But I mean, I think it like makes that transition into the next song like so perfect. Dude, yes. That transition is amazing. Yes. I don't know how... See, and again, that goes back to me saying, like, this sequencing feels iconoclastic oh, or, like, yeah. perfect. Well, and, like, and this, this is, is a great like, example of that. Like, this is, like, kind of more ballady, I feel like, of, yes. of the song. And, like, I think, like, the trope is to have your ballad as track three, and this is track three on the record. Right. So, like, it's following yep. suit with all that. But it works so well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, It works right. so well. It's it, Kylan's favorite song. It transitions perfectly into track number four rock and roll i gotta say perfect transition just like oh it's so good (laughs) it is it's it's the best and this might be my favorite song on the record. Oh dang! All right, this well is we're also my favorite. Really? Woo! Oh yes, it has always nice. been my favorite song on okay. this record. We are four for four on "Sweet Sweet Bass." Oh yeah, how could you? Amazing! Not be? I love that. I love the dichotomy of the like upbeat music with the super spooky <laughs> lyrics. I knew you would. Yeah, man. I knew it's, you. Would. And it's not so even just good. spooky. It's like like realistically dark. It's Tuesday, and I already hit the bottle. I can't even fall in love at happy hour. This is dark, man. But the song is like so majory, so poppy. Yes. But it's so good. I'm not mad about it. Like, no, no, not at all. And it is so happy. That contradiction is amazing. You're right. So can I tell you guys the headcanon that I have created for this record? I've been with Because go, I man. feel like Michael Shepard... Wanted to make a horror movie, yeah, but had the skills to make music, so he did that instead. I think you're right. So, I think this album tells a story, and you know, obviously, there's a lot of like inference, like, I'm I'm making a lot of this up, but on this, on my last listen. I kind of pieced together this story, kind of the way I did with the Mercy Me record, but Uh this was a lot more fun. (laughs) (laughs) I would hope so. (laughs) Okay, so up to this point, and and I will update you guys as we go through the rest of the record, but here's what I think has happened. I think In Red is track number one because that's like a prologue, right? It tells the story of this like mean, evil pirate who died in battle right whose whose soul has then been sent into the ether right track number two is blackout and that has some lyrical content um that i think it cuts to present day okay right and there's this guy who has anger issues who may potentially be just like a very bad dude you know it says like what kind of vermin are creeping on the streets tonight it's 4 a.m and i am he's creeping on the streets tonight 
he says something about uh, punching skulls mm-hmm. in yeah. that when he's punching her skull on the bathroom floor, Ugh. right? Yeah, that's like okay. So Scary. like you have you have the the prologue of this like ancient battle where this guy dies, and then there's a guy that's like kind of similar to that first guy, but in modern day. Then I think spiders happens within a dream world right Whoa. so the guy from blackout he blacks out right oh at the end oh, of the song he shoot. blacks out and he enters this dream world uh th- there's some lyrical content that i think supports that too just just talking about like uh we're like connected this twisted frequency somehow he gets connected with the soul of this pirate man right and gets possessed whoa so the soul of this like once evil pirate sees a soul that could be a vessel for him to continue his vengeance because he's a bad dude because he's a bad dude and enters him so then the lyrical content of rock and roll is this pirate man has possessed this other bad dude in modern day America and is trying to figure out what life in the 21st century is like. So, you know, the, the blackout dude, he wakes up, maybe feels like he was on a bender. So he tries the hair of the dog. It's Tuesday. I already hit the bottle. Can't even fall in love at happy hour. But then this, the, 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 the soul of this pirate is like, trying to do all these things that he used to do back in the you know back in pirate days he says like the farmer's daughter raises hell when i try to kiss her you're good at pushing me out so there's like this this like push and pull push and pull of the soul the control of of the body like being possessed by this like pirate ghost yeah yeah well i think even like the title of it like calling your song rock and roll is like pretty simple pretty basic pretty like maybe possibly uninspired but i feel like that fits like if like this pirate is like i'm in this world now like uh rock and roll right like he's trying to like he's trying to like exactly relate and like catch up to like what's going on and he knows like he learns like oh rock and roll this must be rock and roll like so like that fits to me right but guys there's a whole three-act structure that comes through the rest of the record and we're gonna get to it so that was just the beginning but that's what i feel oh man on the first four tracks of this album are you guys hooked i'm on i would fucking watch this movie pirates like it's his ghost it's like a potential serial killer is possessed by the ghost of an ancient evil pirate and i am here for all of it (laughs) yeah i'd watch that movie for sure I love that you uh you found that like you found these little puzzle pieces of story in this album. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's a lot of spec. It's like a lot of reaches, but but that's kind of the beauty of like Michael Shepard's lyric writing is because, like I said, he writes so vaguely cinematic. Right, mm-hmm. is that as you're listening to it, you can kind of draw these conclusions because there's like. You know, there's this sort of like nebulous, ethereal thing about each of the songs. Like, like it feels like he's talking about something specific that we're not necessarily aware of, but that you can also connect to. And this totally. is how I ended up doing that. <laughs> this is how you're interpreting it, man. Yeah, I love dude. it. Wow. Um, also, Excited. the other thing I really love about 
Michael Shepard's uh, lyrics are the fact that he decided to reference the heavily lauded Irish drama, The Banshees of Inishirin, in verse two. <laughs> That's obviously what he's is it uh, yeah, talking about, right? No, yeah, he's not talking. Well, he he's not late talking that night. About I'm the... awakened by the banshees cry. Uh, yeah, oh, he's yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. Colin Farrell. Yeah, he is obviously talking about Colin Farrell. Yeah, and not the so. banshees of ghosts within the dream world that are also no. trying to possess him. Whoa. Not that. Oh, that would I make know. too much sense oh, in your yeah, meta narrative. Yeah, yeah. No, for nope, sure. Can't have that. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to track number no, five. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, s- okay, sorry. I'm I sorry. Say, I just want to ask too excited. You got excited. It is. It is. This is my favorite song. You're trying to just. Oh, that's right. That's right. It is your favorite song. And potentially it's on here. And it might be TJ's as well. Okay. My question is why isn't this one of their most popular songs? I agree. When you look on Spotify, like, why doesn't this have, like, the most plays on it? Because this song freaking rips. Yeah, it rules, man. It's high energy the whole time. But not in a way that's, like, you know, that creates any fatigue, which is a feat, you know? And even, like, but, like, the chorus is, like, so simple because he only just says, you're good at pushing me out. He changes how he says it every time, but it's, like, it's so fun to sing along to and, like, the energy, like, I don't know, maybe, like, I could see... If you if you if I saw it on paper, I'd be like, this kid is gonna get boring. But then you hear it, yes. and you're like, no, it not at nope. all. Nope, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's all these things that like you don't think would work, but then when you put them all together, they're beautiful. Exactly. Um, also, a fun sonic thing that I noticed: the snare tone, specifically on this song, stuck out to me because I think I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I think the snare tone or maybe an overtone is exactly is tuned exactly to the the one the doe of the song like hmm. uh, which is very satisfying like as a drummer i don't always pay attention to the way drums are tuned necessarily like i like how they're produced how they're mic'd how they're affected i also appreciate well tuned drums but i'm not like super picky about it but this was one that i was really really excited about because having that kind of like technical knowledge even if it was like a happy accident the snare actually being more musical and not just like a rhythmic thing or a percussive element that's like sonically a sound that's driving the song forward, but it's actually meshing with the the sonic, like the melodic components and, and the chord uh, structure of the song. That was like really satisfying to the ear for me. Mm-hmm. And it was something that like I'd never noticed until this listen through. It hmm. was deeply satisfying. Yeah. Makes the song even better, TJ. Thanks for yeah. that. Even more my favorite song on this record. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. All right, guys. Let's move on to track number five. Pretend You're Alive. The title track. Another great transition, I might mm-hmm. say. Big rock drums. Big rock drums. And then just like, but then like the way that the piano and like the guitars come in, like it seems very like anti-rock. Like you think the song's going to be real big and then like, eh, we're just going to do like a piano kind right, of thing. Yeah. yeah. Bring it down. Like yeah. But lyrically and musically, this supports my concept album theory. <laughs> Tell What's us. happening now? What's going on? Uh, okay. So there... 
the the pirate at this point is realizing maybe he wasn't as bad of a guy as he always thought he was. So now he's at this point Ooh, crossroads. where he is trying to like like he's experienced life in the 21st century. He's lived up to all the debauchery that's like on level with what he experienced in his life and realizing maybe there's a little bit more. Like maybe I can be a good person and it 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 will pay off to mm. a certain extent. Beyond that, if you just listen to this song on its own, five for five, sweet, sweet bass. And I only have one problem with this song. And it's a grammar jams now problem. <laughs> what is it? So we're Wait, bringing this... back grammar jams now. I think I know what it is. I think Do I you? know what it is because I may have a note on it as well. Okay. Maybe I don't. I have a different note. He says, climbing up those trees and breaking all your knees. Yeah. That just feels <laughs> weird to me when you could very easily put in breaking both, both <laughs> your you. knees. Yeah, I had that same thought. Maybe all your knees, knees you makes it sound like you have a myriad of knees <laughs> wait, lying wait, around. Wait, Kylan, <laughs> to support your story, maybe. It's the pirate's knees, It's too. the pirate's knees it's and the, the guy's knees. Fuck, okay, it's not a problem. This song is perfect. <laughs> 10 out of 10, no notes. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I'm glad we can make that work for you. Uh, was that your <laughs> note too, TJ? Yeah. Okay. I have a grammar note on this song as well. Okay. So back in the summer of 2012, when I'm doing my undergrad, I took a business communication class and the professor of that class has ruined the song for me forever. Oh, <laughs> at least no. one particular Ow. part of this song. At least one particular part. Because he was talking about, like, it's a business communication class. So he's talking about, like, how you can communicate effectively and stuff. And he, one of his things that he always likes to talk about is, like, how we use the word that unnecessarily a lot of the time. Like, and so, mm. like, ever since I took that class, like, I would just stop and think, like, oh, do I actually need to say that there? Because, like, a lot of times when you go to say that you can take it out of the sentence and it doesn't need it. And he says, so this is the title track. Like we said, the song is called Pretend You're Alive. But he sings and will pretend that you're alive again. Oh, no. And so he could easily, like, like obviously it gives another syllable, but I feel like he could have easily sing and will pretend you're alive again. Like, you don't need the that in there. Which obviously he knows because he named the album and the song. He without didn't call it, it "Pretend That You're Alive." He called it yeah. "Yeah, Without It." But then he sings it with it. So I'm like, it's just ever since I took that class, I'm like, ah, why? <laughs> like, so just take funny. that out. Take that that out. You know. Take that that's that out. Nice. Take that that. That's out. my only real complaint with the song. Other than that, it's freaking great. I wondered what y'all thought about this. I think the pre-chorus is way catchier than the chorus itself. Yes. Angels mm-hmm. in the morning. morning. Like that's and then we have those high bass notes. Doom, yeah. Doom, doom, doom. Yes. yes. And then especially one of my favorite moments is uh I think it's the second time the pre-chorus happens. There's that surprise like pre-groove fill that the mm-hmm. drums do where it's like three E four. Mm-hmm. Like it's not three and four or right. three a four. It's three E pause four. four yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. A little nerd moment, but it may, makes my heart happy every time. I know they have so many of those like little moments that I feel like the majority of the listening public wouldn't really care, but 
it yeah becomes these like they're like these little easter eggs for other musicians like you can imagine that's just so yes. much fun to do <laughs> yeah i really think they're like a band's band yeah know? they really are and that's why we all really love drug i think so nice. man <laughs> Also, I wrote to support your, this is so funny, Kylan, like just to, <laughs> to kind of analyze the way that we experience music and lyrics and stuff. Like you created a screenplay out of it, <laughs> but I just wrote persistent themes of death, spirits, warring internal and external worlds and general mental health struggles, which is exactly what you just created <laughs> yeah, into yeah. a movie. Being haunted so like, by I was the ghost of a pirate is the insane way of saying what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. There is <laughs> like I another... was on your wavelength, but I was less creative. Uh, <laughs> I just listed things. Yeah. <laughs> I just you noticed yeah, them. I, I love the yeah, lyrics true, true. of all this too. Like your friends now ghosts are screaming bury us, they said while yeah. panicking. My mind was broken. It's like fuck, this is like some John you, Carpenter yeah, you're shit, like, dude. What's going on? But yeah, I, it's cool. Like Yeah. And this another dude's mind is reference. breaking because this whole other personality and spirit is trying to like break through and make him a better person, but he's not like, that's the thing Mm. is like, like the main protagonist that's in modern day is not a good person. And this pirate initially was not a good person, but is trying to be a good person. But he's lived. Oh, in, he's walked a mile in his shoes, and he's like, "Dang, I'm gonna clean up my act now." <laughs> so yes, the pirate's like yes. having a change of heart. Yes, he's like, "I have a second chance." Exactly. At life, exactly. I can pretend I'm alive. Exactly. Oh, I do love the musical turn at 3:36. Like it goes into yes. like a weird spot. And you're like, "This is odd," but v- kind of the perfect place to go into. Yeah, because it lifts. And like, like I said, the chorus wasn't as catchy as the pre-chorus, but that time it's like they threw in a little nugget, like you're yeah. talking about, Kylan, like these little musical moments that really lift the, the whole experience. Yeah. So I was worried. So we this hate was, this album. Right? I was worried this was gonna be another like the question situation where we're just like this album is so good, guys. It's so good. I but know. I think our ACB series like helped us like learn. It how helped to us do overcome that. In that of just like yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So I, yeah, I concocted an entire (laughs) (laughs) theoretical best movie that's never been made (laughs) out of this. Um, Okay, let's move on to track number six Panda Miranda. Is it Pandamaranda? That's what he Pandamar- says, right? Yeah, that's kind of what he says. I don't know. That's I mean, not unless a- it's about a panda. Do you have something in your movie about a panda? Yeah, yeah. Um, There's nothing about a panda. Wait, like a cocaine-fueled panda cocaine, bear? Yeah. Cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. Cocaine panda bear. Cocaine panda. Guys, this song just rips. It, it rules, man. <laughs> like, it's so good, especially after Pretend You're Alive. Yeah, it's... It's the energy if, we need. If needed. they like dialed up the overdrive on their guitars like just a little bit, this would Scoop fit on on like an early Norma Jean record. Like it's just straight yeah. up noise core. Like yeah. my first out of note nowhere. Was, is Love Drug actually a secret metal band? What's going on? Like <laughs> out of nowhere, they're just like, yeah, let's so just riffy. do some some fucking noise core, dude. Like let's yes. just get wild. Oh yeah, and like. Lyrically, it's like violent but sexual, 
but like culture critique. Right. It's so because confusing. The, 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 the pirate guy <laughs> and the serial killer guy, they're fighting internally. And so they're like, like he doesn't know what to do. It all makes so much sense to me. <laughs> Is he also like attracted to himself? He That's might the... be attracted to the pirate. Who wouldn't be attracted to a pirate True. possessing your body? That's a good you know? point. <laughs> yeah. I know every time I'm possessed by a pirate, I struggle with that. Wait so. for signs of youth. Wait for signs that never arrive. Ugh. Like, yeah, dude, it just, Man. this is so good. I tried to Google a pandamaranda isn't a thing. Right? I looked it up too. I, yeah. Yes, and all I could find found was this no song. results. Yes. <laughs> like, is this just a made up word? Yeah. Like, it's like pandemonium. Right. Yeah. It's a take on pandemonium, I guess. Panorama, maybe? Oh, like uh, a panorama panoramic pandemonium. pandemonium. Yeah. Oh, that's that my be. take. That could that could work. I could see that. But yeah, no, we're listener, we're getting to the point in the song towards the end where it's like there's that the bass starts like the breakdown and like this totally goes in line with like your metal thing. Like there's a bass a fuzzy like bass break and then they <laughs> yeah. go into the big breakdown, like this could be an ordinary They're a metal band. song. Yeah. That, the, Secret this- pilot the sequencing of this record is so good because it is. it is long as hell, but there's all these little moments that just keep hooking me. And it's like, why would you put this song here? Because it lifts you up, man. Exactly. It's so good. Yep. And it's just like so short and sweet too. Like, yeah. Which after, which is nice after pretend you're alive, which is mm-hmm. a, like a five minute song. It rules. So it's good. Great. I don't even know what else to say. After we just had this long talk of like, yeah, we're not going to be like on the question episode. We're going <laughs> to well, give some real analysis. <laughs> I mean, I did write that Wait for Signs of Youth that Never Arrive, never arrive is a critique of late stage capitalism, but mm-hmm. I like your horror movie better, so <laughs> throw that out. Forget that. Who needs that? <laughs> uh, it's so good. I don't know what That's else great. to say. It's just like, it. it just rips, dude. I mean, that's yeah. what I think of, that's what the song is there to do. And it, right in and the middle of the record. It, so. it, it reminds me of um, on Sleepwell Beast by The National where they have Turtleneck. Oh, yeah. Like, on, I think track right six or track seven because yes. that's like a pretty chill album. Yes. And then all of a sudden there's just this like live sloppy. Mad screaming. Yeah. Like, like punk song. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the perfect place for this. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay. Let's move on to track number seven, Down Towards the Healing. And I feel like we need some healing after all that chaos. This was almost my favorite song on the record it's really? my second favorite this is the one that competes with rock and roll for me as yeah maybe it competes my with me for spiders oh, wow. they're kind of they're kind of they take turns yeah. i think because it's like real chill but it's so groovy yeah i mean th- this is where i wrote i shouldn't even bring it up anymore ssb <laughs> like <laughs> just the bass is so tight and the also- drum groove is so good yeah, I was gonna ask, do we like the way they're like EQ'd in that weird, like metallic way at the beginning? And then it's just it. it it's there and then it's gone. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you think that's gonna like keep going. And then right. it just kind of stops and it's just like this piano ballad. 
But then when it comes back later, mm-hmm. like a minute in, you're like, oh, I remember. Right. You exactly. Know? It like plants, that, like you said, an Easter egg in your mind of like, this yeah. is what's to come. Well, speaking of Easter eggs, lyrically too, he says, I want my life to be red with trees and like autumn. I float away from evil and down towards the healing. This is the pirate man. Oh, man. Who died in red, realizing that all the red in his life doesn't have to just be blood and carnage. And like maybe finally taking over and possessing this like other not good dude. Because he wants his life to be something more. He wants it to be, to live in the red, but not the red of like blood and destruction, but trees and autumn and beauty. Love, hearts and stuff. (laughs) It's a redemption story. It really is, man. This is the best movie that was never written. Not for the the bad dude, but for the pirate. (laughs) Or maybe. For the pirate. Maybe. Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll We'll see see. what happens. We'll see. (laughs) Okay, guys. I love the slide guitar in this. I feel yes. like it's a great dynamic to add in here. It's so good. But I do think, like, with the piano, this is a very kind of similar vibe to Pretend You're Alive, which just appeared two songs before. Right. I, yep. think, it came, I think it follows Pretend You're Alive too soon. Yep. Like, I think we should switch this and the monster so that Down Towards I the Healing is number eight. Josh, For I sure. said that exact same thing. Yes. Sure. Yep. That was my only sequencing note, actually was just flipping them yes no i think nice, you need man. that a little bit later especially after pandamaranda is like such a like so high energy and then you right. just kind of drop back into this you're like oh also so. the moment we just heard from 228 to 238 is maybe my favorite moment in the whole album really it's yeah because it's the the like the weird eq drums again with that groove the delayed echoey vocal of the no 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 And then the bass features that. And then the slide starts. It's like they're all taking turns, like drums, vocals, uh, bass, slide, and the piano. Kind of that plunky piano. Like, it's all of those elements that make the song great. Like, they all get like a tiny second to solo, sort of, Mm -hmm. in 10 seconds. And it's just like bliss. It's so good. It's loved rug. It it really is, man. So, yeah, I also had a similar thought to you guys of, like, it should have come a little bit later in until I made this insane movie in my head. And then it made complete <laughs> sense. Yeah. Uh, like, this I'm is right before like... the, like, second act drop. It's like you oh. think, like, there's, like, a glimmer of hope. Oh, I see. And then the there's, like, one more, next. like, bad thing that has to happen. Oh, gotcha. So it's, it's important for the arc. Okay. I think so. I yeah, no, I can see it. I can see it's it. It's like, yeah. It, and in like most horror movies, it's like, it's that fake out of like, you think this is like the happy ending and then, ah, right. there's well, something there. And musically, like, okay, so the bridge transitions into like that real major key, like mm-hmm. driving thing. Yep. And then at 434, they get real weird with it. When I you think it. it's going to stay major and just like, this gonna be like this big anthemic thing. They get weird and spooky. It's so good. Like I don't even know what they do there, but it's yeah. You're like it throws you off, but you're like, yeah. oh, what's happening here, guys? It's the monster coming, maybe. I yeah, don't know. for real, guys. Is this the spookiest band we've covered? 
<laughs> I don't know. Is it spookier than Carmen? <laughs> Carmen's not spooky overall. <laughs> but that song. Evanescence. What, what about you, TJ? You thought Evanescence yeah, was Evanescence spooky. Yeah, Evanescence really was too scary. Evanescence was spooky bad. This is spooky great. <laughs> no, Love Drug does have, like I said, I love to listen to this one in October. And just like Love Drug in general has a couple songs on like my Halloween, my personal Halloween playlist. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, because they just have like a spooky vibe to them, which yeah. I like. In I I can say I'm realizing now I've listened to them primarily in the late fall, and that wasn't yeah, even they're intentional. Definitely, yeah, like, they're a fall band for sure. That was just like subconscious, but mm-hmm. now I'm thinking it was the pirate guiding me. So, <laughs> all right, guys, we still guiding got a lot of album left. Healing. So. Let's Let's move on to track number eight, The Monster. This song is on the Church Jams Now Halloween playlist. The song is just so good. This one's pretty. This one's pretty creepy, and it's like, it's called the monster, and it. Yeah. Like, I love that the music fits like the creepy vibe of it. Like they're really leaning into it. This is another thing where he says, he says like you need to like pack your bags and leave, and says I hear Egypt is nice this time of year, and I'm like, I like of course I automatically think like is this a reference to Joseph and Mary and Jesus fleeing after Jesus' birth but I'm like right. it couldn't be anything else like why else would you say Egypt right or it could have been like Joseph and the coat of many colors Egypt like cause he has dreams you know and like mm-hmm. oh yeah and there's all the lyrics about dreams in this one. Oh yeah yeah okay alright um, but, but the Egypt definitely has to have like a biblical tie-in, right? Yeah, because yeah, otherwise, why would you sure. say Egypt? I mean, Herod could be the monster to support your Maybe. Joseph Mary Jesus thing. Maybe he is. Like, there's some layers there. Also, the line uh, he doesn't know you've got an exorcism show. That's so, so good. good. Why? Why? So good. How? How did he come up with that? <laughs> uh. Oh man, and those panned guitars at 126 where they have like that same creepy line that's like at the left and the right and it's yes. surrounding you as the monster's creeping down the hall. So creepy. Kylan, what's happening in our narrative here? Yeah. So this is where the modern dude who has been possessed by by the pirate ghost who's trying to make a better life the darkness inside of him is waking up and he's able Ooh. to like fully kind of take over again. Oh shoot. You know what I mean? Like, so he's like the monster. All of his, all of his dark impulses, the shadows from outside are creeping in. Ooh. And he's the monster that is around the corner. And he's like, screw this like i'm taking this back and so it looks like all hope is lost for our originally evil pirate who has now become like a good person might be stuck in this hell forever with this monster because of the way he lived his life leading to this opportunity of being able to possess someone who shared all of his original evil qualities 
And if he can't like overcome and become good, then he'll be like trapped in his like evil counterpart forever. Exactly. Kind of yes. Ooh, so this stakes. is like the is this like the final showdown with? Yeah. This, this is this is okay. like this is the dip at the end of Act Two. You know what I mean? Like gotcha. where it the seems like all hope is lost. And that's great too, because coming out of the last song, the last lines are "Hallelujah." I'm not breathing, which is right. again that kind of interplay between yeah. like goodness and hope, the hallelujah yeah. and the I'm not breathing is like the monster. Yeah. There's also the potential that this lives in the same sort of liminal space that spiders does. That sort of oh, like yeah. ethereal like soul world. Well, right? I think I think that's how they're having to like fight each other because like exactly. that guy is coming awake like then he and the pirate guy are fighting each other on that plane, yeah. that spiritual right. plane kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's it's almost like the the upside down in Stranger Things. You yes. know what I mean? It's like yeah. this sort of like that's good. space where just souls exist or uh there's another movie uh not The Conjuring, Insidious maybe. The one where they have to go to this like alternate dimension or whatever where demons live. Right. I don't know. I'm seeing it. It's so good though. Dang. So. I love that. This is so cool. Right. I'm really right? enjoying right? this. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like I listened to this album a bunch of times and then I like my brain just like kicked into this like which, creative hyperdrive. Which to like for our listeners, because I feel like we'll do this as like a as a way to like get through an album that we don't enjoy. But I feel like, like this is an album that we all really, really yeah, like. This is a passion But it offers project. this as well. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm trying yeah. to like balance of like actually talking about like the music, like not spending, like not just being like fully engulfed in this story and like the narrative. Cause I'm like, but like, but guys like the, this music in this record right. is really well, great too. Yeah. Though. That was like, the thing is, is this for me ultimately like was a way to experience the, an album I've listened to a bunch in a new way and th- th- this can periodically happen when i'm forced to like critically listen to an album that i love that i don't have a lot of actual notes on because i'm just like oh this is just so good yep uh yeah so it's like a little you know a little extra a little extra no i'm enjoying so it. so take it or leave it but for me it heightened my album listening experience <laughs> no it's definitely enriching mine Cool. All right, let's move on to track number nine, Angels with Enemies. Unfortunately, this is where the album for me starts to have problems because I think this wraps up the concept record. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think everything after this is kind of just extra. Huh. Okay. Lyrically, I can't find a lot that ties into this narrative that I've concocted for myself. <laughs> <laughs> And I think this narrative I that Michael think... was obviously writing, though. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely, for sure. For sure. But this is like, there's been this huge confrontation. And he's like, I don't think we'll get out of this hell. But the time here with you has been nice. 
Mm. It's like they're a salute to the end of the world. It's just like almost like the end of Fight Club kind of thing of like, <laughs> well, you know, you got there was probably a girl somewhere in here, you know, for sure. trying to make this, you know, the marketable. In, yeah. After our successful uh, Emery the Question Broadway play closes. <laughs> this will be the next step for CJ right, and Productions. Bring it back. Perfect. Our, our first Hollywood production. I love it. Uh, and with the glorious red, it ties it all back to the to the very, very, very beginning. Oh nice. man, he says that in this song too. Yeah, dude. Oh, with, the with the glorious red, red. we'll be off oh, with so their red heads. Red is a theme. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Dang. For sure. All right. There's something there. <laughs> There's something there. I'm telling you, I don't think I've got it 100% nail on the head, but I think there was a concept that Michael Shepard was going for. I really do. Yep. I think this is more of a concept record than most people think. Yeah. I mean, you've convinced me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're on to something. I'm there. sold. Yeah, even though, like, I may not have the story right. I think the idea that it's a concept record with a story underlying, I, I think, I, I think there's something to it. Yeah, either it's that, or like this guy just loves using the same themes and ideas over and over and over again. Or it right. could be Which both. Which allows you to connect them <laughs> and draw comparisons and parallels yep. and narratives from it it's true oh shit i forgot to bring up i think there's also maybe some werewolf stuff in here (laughs) (laughs) perfect that's a guy oh oh that's what a twist the pirate possesses a guy who is a werewolf so that all the evil stuff is the werewolf stuff because that always comes around with like nighttime (laughs) and moon and dark imagery. And then this song says, I'll be following matches into the dawn of light. Right. And right. then, no, with you. you know, yes. And then like, there's like the sun and the ocean and all this stuff. So it's kind of the end. He's sort of broken the curse of this like, uh, werewolf thing that's been holding on to the evil guy in 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 modern day and he's not actually evil he's actually very similar to the pirate guy but he's also a werewolf i forgot all about that i'm sorry guys you buried uh, the werewolf that, lead i did what a, yeah this is like a perfect like act three you're like oh he's been a werewolf the whole the time, whole time. Oh, what the whole time guys, like we experienced it like a viewer would kill though because yeah, we didn't know about so it yes, exactly exactly no this is great and yeah. it's called it's titled pretend you're alive Yep. Yes. Yes. I wrote um, all of that. I said, "Oh man, that's rad as hell." I love his high voice. All my notes. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I like it though the werewolf thing because I actually wrote the chorus that you got to pull stars down to be someone, and when you've chemically the sun, which that's a crazy line. Chemical I love claimed. that line. That's incredible. Yes. A chemical claim, but you make it a verb. Yes. Like, <laughs> and then when the oceans fill your life, somehow you got to break the dam and wave to yourself. I like the werewolf idea because there's this this kind of like. Um, yin yang kind of like duality right and i wrote it feels like a reference to alchemy because he talks about gold and silver hell wait oh go, wait wait if we're bringing up the werewolf thing read that next line word for word which one after you gotta break the dam and wave to yourself oh i don't i don't have it <laughs> and Sorry. sometimes in a silver hell you gotta search for gold you gotta search for gold there it is yeah exactly Mm. so like the silver, silver bullet bullet yeah <laughs> you gotta search for gold and find your Dang. pirate hero 
<laughs> I'm done, guys. Who's hunting for the booty, matey? The gold. I quit. I'm going to quit the podcast redemption. and go write this He's movie. The, booty, the, booty, <laughs> the old booty of redemption. Of redemption. <laughs> the real treasure was the redemption we found along the way, matey. <laughs> oh, my God. But a movie about pirate ghosts and werewolves would not be like... Like that would make who a wouldn't go to that with some billion real dollars out of like in a modern context? Yeah, I would totally. Like, this is yeah. American Werewolf in London, but it's pirates, old pirate in American in Werewolf, Werewolf in Barbados. In, yes, <laughs> and it's a psychological horror movie. Oh my god! Between millennials and then Gen Z, ironically going to watch it, this would make a billion dollars. <laughs> so much money! Oh, cash cow, baby. Uh, Let's go. It just great. needs a ninja, <laughs> and then everyone our age would be like, "Yeah, okay." Perfect, okay. man. Okay, TJ, I'm really glad that you mentioned the chemical claimed the sun line. So good. I also want to read this line: "A cold love, bloody knuckled trigger finger so riding good. on the edge of mind." I'm so like, good. I don't know what that means at all. No, but it sounds awesome. Yes, like, the, and it's so descriptive. The um the consonants and the rhythm like the, the rhythmic cadence that the consonants give oh yeah it's so good cold love bloody knuckle trigger finger like ugh, it's a delight to say so so good the last thing i have is i really love the bridge where it's like why you're like kind of where that it turns major and like where you're saying maybe that redemption is happening like the bridge of this song is so good so. yes choice it really is all right guys we still have four more tracks so we gotta like we (laughs) gotta move this along you're right all right track number 10 radiology Okay, I got a, I got a, a proposal for you, Kyle. Okay. So this is the credit scene, the after credit scene, for sure. And it's like showing us that maybe the werewolf is still deep down inside, mm-hmm. and it's setting up a potential sequel. Oh uh, yeah, because uh, yeah, the guy has a bloody nose, and he like he thought yeah. he got rid of the evil inside, the the bad red. But the bloody nose is like showing us, like, oh, maybe the werewolf's still down in there. So good. And the broken sails is the pirate faltering a little bit. Yeah. He's like losing some of his like strength and energy, and he's like, ah, I can't hold on. I can't be the angel anymore. But we don't know. It's still. It's Mm, like it's like the end of Inception, you know. Yeah, I think this one. I think that could work. That works with the narrative. Well, my only note on it, okay, the weirdest thing to me, so this song came out almost 20 years ago, eight, 18 years ago, right? Or Yeah, I think it may have been on one of their EPs too before they recorded their record okay. too. Huh. The wildest thing to me is there is a movie, TG, you might know a little bit, a tiny, tiny bit about this because I talked to you about this more than Josh because I know he doesn't like, scary movies i get scared guys there's a movie that came out in 2022 called a wounded fawn oh yeah that movie's crazy 
ended up being my favorite horror movie of the year. You sold me on this. This song is basically that movie. Oh, there's so much imagery in it. Like, I mean, obviously he says, "I believe in the, the search of the fawn." Yeah, right. A forest creature, wild, the bloody noses, the broken arms. The whole thing is the main character is like a serial killer, who's then seeing all this weird, like, like these like Greek gods, like representations of these Greek gods and all this stuff that are like making him do all this stuff. Right, and even down to the uh, amorosis, which is blindness. Yeah, I look one eye up. like. Like, he gets, like, one of his eyes gouged out, and he is crazy. So, like, Omarosa's, I belong in an asylum. Abused yet confused because the whole thing is he doesn't want to be doing all this, but he's being forced to. And it it was just, like, the weirdest parallels to me that these are two things that were created 20 years apart. But this song is that movie in song form. Super weird. This is the spookiest band of all time. I love it. (laughs) It's true. Also, how about that pseudo breakdown around three minutes? so good so so good there's there's them flexing their metal muscles again Mm -hmm. so not to like interrupt the narrative or anything like that the narrative's over that's what i'm saying that's all my notes well tj's tj's like working to like continue it and stuff like that i mean yeah we got a post credits potential yeah yeah i might cut this song from the record really i think it kind of like drags a little bit and like it has some cool stuff going on but i don't think it's anything that's like too different from what right. we get from other stuff on this record. So the question I would put to you, Josh, is you'd cut this song before cutting the following song, Candy? I like Candy. I like Candy. Thank I you, like TJ. Candy too. But yeah, this was really the song that sold, like, like the concept album wrapped up at track nine. Everything else feels tacked on. Hmm. Even though I like the song, I like Candy. I, I like I like the other songs. They don't hook me as much. This album is a little bit too long. I was going to say. It is pretty long. I feel like this one's really groovy in a way that I appreciate, like especially mm-hmm. thinking about all the sweet, sweet bass across this album. I feel like maybe the strongest component in this song for me personally is the bass, and mm-hmm. I like it enough for that reason that I would keep it and I would get rid of Candy. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Well... because to your point like it's kind of samey like but i like it it better and to me they kind of like candy is also a little samey at this point in the album yes and doesn't have anything going for it for me that would want me to keep it interesting because i i'm with josh on this i would cut this before candy so I guess we don't need to talk about track number eleven, Candy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to defend it because yeah, he yeah defend it. it. Let's do it. Track number eleven, Candy. Just because if we're keeping with the Halloween vibe, you got to have a song called Candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You're not wrong. Just like take the ghost on the cover and just give him like a little Halloween basket that's got candy in it. He's just like, <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> yeah. No, I lo- I love how 
like in the verses, like the verses of the song, I feel like are so catchy because you have like the piano and the vocal melodies that like line up together. And like mm-hmm. whenever you like the, if you cross me, I'll cut you. Like the, when those happen in That's there, true. like it starts a little slow, but the nice verses moment. I love. Yeah. Like how they do that kind of stuff. Right. Mm. This reminds me of the movie trick or treat. They're just like, they're, <laughs> luminaries in the horror genre like they came up with all these concepts that became like he was writing screenplays with his songs for real like years before any of these movies came out i bet there was just like a big like a party with a bunch of horror writers and they were all like man we're so (laughs) tapped out we're so we don't have any more ideas and one guy was like have y'all heard pretend you're alive and each one got a song and they were like all right i'm writing this one I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Shepard was like an angel investor in independent horror movies for like the last 20 years. Oh, yeah, enemies investor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't have much else to say about that. I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't have much else to say about the rest of the record. Yeah, no, I think it does feel a little tacked on. It does feel tacked on a little bit and start to kind of wind down. And I think that's why you need to cut one keep one between radiology and candy you need to get to it won't last a little sooner yep otherwise you so won't the, last the album can wind down yeah. otherwise you won't you know yep. what i'll i'll be a little more reductive than josh and say i would keep candy <laughs> over radiology because he says you're savage when you cut into my beautiful infection and my last name is savage <laughs> hey that's as good a reason as any <laughs> sure sure <laughs> sweet all right guys let's move on to track number 57 uh, <laughs> close close track number 12 it won't last What I loved about this one was that they switched it up and went to some crunchy, distorted roads instead of piano. That's what I wrote too. That, that changed love the roads. Everything instead of just like the upright piano. Yeah, like that was enough to like really lift my listening experience enough to not be too fatigued. And there's yep. a lot of dynamism across this track compositionally that I appreciated. That wasn't That's what I said true too. in like because I'm last normally two. I'm I'm not about a seven minute song. Right. But for a seven minute song, it kept my interest pretty well. Yes. A lot of rise and fall, a lot of like drum hits and guitar stabs that line up mm. in fun ways, match the vocal. More of those Easter eggs you were talking about. Yeah. If you're a musician, that you'll be like, oh, I like that part. Like, that's exactly. A good part. Yeah. That's yeah there's a lot of, of those in this. Yep. Just like, yeah, they're obviously just like jamming and grooving, but. Yeah. As a musician, I'm like, oh, okay. You feel like I you're jamming. You, right? I know I what you, what you did. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been really fun to play. I uh-huh. get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's even like, you know, the the rim shot drums, and then mm-hmm. it kind of elevates up to uh, like a drum roll kind of section. So the drummer is like getting to do all kinds of interesting things. And then it finally just goes off the deep end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It explodes. Well, I was have to talk about, I mean, we talked about both of these i guess at the same time but like it's weird that this isn't the last song yeah yeah but like because it 
obviously feels like a, a last song. It it's, does. So I have a little less patience when a really long song isn't the last track. Like normally, because we've talked about that on a few albums that have like the penultimate track is really long. And then there's like a short kind of epilogue almost. Right. Yeah. Um, but for me, it worked this time. Oh, cool. So you like the epilogue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like see the, the value in putting the, and especially cause paper scars is so short, but like, yeah. I see the value of that and it's pretty sparse too. So that you can like really just like be like, this is the big, like where we all like, like just like really sitting at home with like mm. playing really loud and big and full and stuff like that. So like I do see it as like okay I think that was the right call and it makes sense but it is it is always kind of just weird to me like I mentioned like the I think I mentioned before like the formats interventions and lullabies like there's yeah. what is it whatever that last the second to last song is like the big one the in with the outro right out with yeah. the old song like that one yep. is like yes that feels like a last song and then they have a safe situation afterwards and you're like oh it's a this is. This is fine. Yes, yeah, this is fine. Like, so it's yeah. like one of those situations where you're like, but that last one is so big and memorable. But, mm-hmm. yep. But it's not my favorite song on the record, but I do like it, and it like closes the record really well. I like how big and dynamic it is. Yeah, they just do so many interesting, weird little things with this song. Yeah, and there's some really good. Um, like this features a lot of his really intimate, kind of vulnerable sounding vocals when it goes mm. down uh that are like well and when it, yeah like when he's just singing like almost false like falsetto i yeah. don't know I don't, his voice is so weird it's dude. wild man it's very weird and i love it's so it. high pitched but it's not high pitched the way that like craig owens or whatever his name is from chiodos like he's not straining to sing really high sometimes he is to great to great effect but he can sing really high and does this kind of like soft thing that is really interesting yeah mm-hmm. And I do really like the song, like the la- one of the last songs being called like It Won't Last and him saying like I know it won't last as like you're getting to like the end the record is like yeah. I like that kind of yeah. how that works it's together. It's just on the nose enough. Yes. You're exactly. Like, yeah. I know it won't last. This is the second to last song, Michael. <laughs> I know this record won't last forever. I've been paying attention, man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. We got one more track and then we're we done. Do. All right. Track number 3,612. AKA 13. Track 13, Paper Scars. I mostly just love this because of the piano tone. Yeah. Yes. This one and Candy were the ones that I was like, they are the dark link to the phrase link. Like mm-hmm. the Waluigi, <laughs> you know? Because that piano, I don't know, the way he sings. And I thought it was cool. 
Also, the cool. production yeah. of the piano is like really bright and wide. There's like a warble mm-hmm. on it that felt new yeah. compared to the last yeah. uh, tunes that had piano. Well, especially, on. yeah, because the last one had the like really crunchy roads, and then right. this one like opens it up again to like feels like an upright piano in like a bright room. Like the album doesn't need this song at all. Like it doesn't necessarily benefit from having it, but I'm also not mad that it's here. Yeah. It's almost like a palate cleanser, like yeah, like a thin mint after a nice meal, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's kind of what it is. You don't need the mint, right? You kind of appreciate. But you'll it. take it. Your wife appreciates it when you've yeah you know, cleansed your <laughs> your your breath, your steak breath. Yeah, <laughs> I did find this was interesting. Is that this is the third most streamed song on this record? Weird. What? That's so it weird. Is weird was isn't it, it on a show or something or in a movie? I have no idea. Maybe. It must have been. It's got to it be something. Some. But yeah, it's not dude, like it's unbelievable streaming numbers on Spotify. Period. Yes. Right? Crazy. Because they don't have crazy streaming numbers like no, they don't. that you would think from like a show or something. But some reason somehow this was the one that like people were like yeah I'm gonna listen to Paper Scars. Huh. So, so weird. I, I have no idea. It's very strange to me. Interesting. Like I bet it got thrown on a playlist. Right there. Yeah, I bet it did. Yeah. And you're like, guys, rock and roll. Just listen to rock and roll. Right, just listen so to good. rock and roll, guys. And spiders. Or rock just listen to this album, tracks one through nine, and just live out a movie <laughs> in your head the way I did. <laughs> Dang. Being I bet even... Because with, even with, what, Down Towards the Healing and Pretend Your Life are both song, long songs, like, even nine tracks, this album is going to come at like a pretty good... like full record length yeah true run time with just those nine yeah all right guys we did it we listened to all of pretend you're alive i'm I'm gonna move it along a little bit because i've seen both of y'all y'all yawn what are you talking about so i don't know what you mean (laughs) it's the pirate Uh, ghost in me yeah right (laughs) uh my werewolf tendencies are coming out i gotta go do something else so (laughs) all right guys what do we think? We all predicted bops on this, right? I think mm-hmm. so. So where did we land? Who knows after listening to us wax philosophic about this record. Wax cinematic. <laughs> yeah, you're out, Kylan. What? No, I'm not. There you go. You're, you're no, I'm not. <laughs> just, re- just, yeah, just deny it. Just, yeah. No, no, I'm not. That'll it's change your the fault. reality. Um, okay. Uh, guys, it's a Stone Cold Bop for me, especially once I created the cinematic narrative that is the ghost pirate werewolf movie in my head. <laughs> yes. Uh, and do you feel better about the record as a whole afterwards? After I do. I do, okay. yeah. Because like I said, in part A, um, Everything Starts Where It Ends is my big love drug record. And this one, I mostly just enjoyed a couple songs, but I didn't enjoy it as a whole on the same level. But now I think I do. Nice. Wow. I'll listen to this again, and I'm going to start working on that screenplay, and I'm going to reach out to Michael Shepard to see if he wants to produce it. <laughs> Have him sign <laughs> or off Or co-write it, it with me. <laughs> Perfect. Co-write, co-write the movie that Pretend You're Alive obviously is. Inspired. Me. <laughs> Whether you knew it or not. Yeah. Instead of like inspired by true events it like at the beginning of the movie it says inspired, inspired by, by the album inspired by a record. loose concept album <laughs> yeah 
an unintentional loose concept album. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how unintentional it is, man. That's Who that's knows? my ultimate. That's he's my ultimate been waiting point. for someone to finally for someone to get it, it. And I'm the man to pull Excalibur and out of the stone. We are the podcast to do so. <laughs> so, Michael, if yep. you're listening, we'll yeah. we'll love to confirm that with you. Yes, please. <laughs> All right, TJ, All right. where are you at? This thing's a bona fide bop, man. Bonafide yeah. bop for sure. Yeah, there were definitely moments where it lulled a little, little bit, where the tracks were a little samey, a little wall of sound, piano, guitar, slow drums, night like, you know, late '90s, early 2000s, slow jam. Um, mm-hmm. But so much about it, regardless of those moments, was just so damn good. <laughs> so good. And, and for vocals, the first record, yeah, for a debut, I know, for a first record too, yeah. like. That sweet, sweet bass that we've talked about. Mm, the sweet, weird, sweet surreal bass. lyricism, whether you interpret it as a cinematic universe or not, uh, I think was super effective. I am going to only think of this album as a musical screenplay now. So thanks yeah, for that. Um, yeah. He even predated Beyonce with the visual album, man. I'm dang. telling you. <laughs> Way to go. So yeah, it bops. It bops hard. Josh, what do you think, man? Josh hated it, obviously. It's this has be been a Church Jams now. Me, guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> and then, nope, it's going to be a hard bop for me, too, guys. Yeah. Um, I, like, always really loved the the first half of this record, but then, like, towards, like, the second half, I kind of, like, fell off, and I'm like, it's fine or whatever, but, like, digging in this past week, I've really, in, like, I've got, I've, like, found, like, certain parts within those songs that i do really like a lot and i've like learned to appreciate them and like learn them on a different level and like a little more deeply like and for some reason like i years ago like thought like i didn't like candy so then i'd like always skip it but then i think i must have just gotten it confused with radiology so i was like i don't ever like candy really i don't like candy that much but or you confused it with i want candy by aaron carter that's, that's probably more likely yeah <laughs> that was probably yeah too much just like uh, too much stuff from that but like i was like oh no this song is so good like why haven't i been listening to this one so i appreciate the back half of this record a lot more after this listen and nice. i appreciate this album as a whole with that uh screenplay narrative <laughs> i knew that that was my well. goal like, that was my goal was to get josh to to listen to this album in a different way you sealed it you did it. Nope. You have achieved that goal. <laughs> yeah. I promise you sometime in the next week, just re-listen to this record, but think of it as the story of a pirate ghost possessing a fits. werewolf man. If it's and so it weirdly really fits. <laughs> if it's so well. And just cause like their stuff is like kind of creepy, which yeah. works really well, like which I really uh-huh. like about their music. Yeah. So it's true. It's just so good. But yeah, love drug is great. Like, and also I texted you guys this last night, but like, I just jumped right in from Georgia Clay into this and like did mm-hmm. all my notes and have just been enjoying it. And then like, really like, like I've been listening, I started listening to wild blood last night and I've probably listened to it four times today. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's so good. good. So like, have you listened I to like fully uh, back into like the love drug. Yeah. Have you listened to everything starts where it ends? I don't know. I'm torn with if I should like wait until we cover it. It's or... gonna be a while though. We're not gonna Probably cover be it for like a, a year. year. Yeah, because be like, like we said in our group text last night, uh, 
let's just do a mini series where we cover all of their albums <laughs> once a year until we get through all of them. And then I said, you mean the way we do every other major band on this podcast? We don't always start with like the band's that's, first record. That's though. true. So, but yeah. you know, maybe we'll end with everything starts where it ends. Oh, maybe we'll actually shelve this episode. Everything do ends. everything starts where and, it starts where it ends. Yeah. Where you pretend that you're a pirate. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been Love Drug Jams now. Um, if you like this, check us out on Patreon, man. Patreon.com slash Church Jams Now Podcast. I know you probably listened to an ad in this episode about it, but we have more bonus content. We got lots of cool stuff coming up. Follow us on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Church Jams Now. And may all your favorite bands stay together. Peace out, love drugs. And may you never be haunted by an allergy pirate like me. All songs, lyrics by Michael Shepard, music by Michael Shepard, Adam Ladd, and Matt Bentley. Copyright 2003. Releasing the Furman Music ASCAP. Double R Diner Music ASCAP. Love Drug is Michael Shepard, Adam Ladd, David Owen, Matthew Putman. Drums on this recording were played by Joe Smiller. Guitars by Michael Shepard and Matt Bentley. Produced by Tim Padalan. Mixed by Tim Padalan and Michael Shepard. Mastered by Gavin Larson. Executive producer, Timothy Eddings. Business management, Chris Bradstreet. Legal, Les Watkins. Band photo, David Johnson. Art direction by Love Drug. Designed by Asterix Studio Seattle. Management, Timothy Eddings, Celebrity Etc., 819 13th Street, Northwest Canton, Ohio, 44703, lovedrugmusic.com, and the militiagroup.com.